Welcome to Muscle Talk, where you'll get world champion advice about nutrition and stacking on muscle. Our host, Christine Enville, she's a three-time world champion bodybuilder, an IFBB professional, a food scientist, and a founding co-owner of our podcast sponsor, International Protein. In this episode, we discuss common training mistakes and Christine's advice of not falling into the habits of not advancing, causing injury, and the best ways to progress. So Christine, Google also has listed common training mistakes, and mistake number one is not getting stronger. Do you want to give us some feedback on that? Well, I was a little bit confused as to how that's a mistake. It's more, I guess, a state, like you're not getting stronger is it you're obviously making some kind of mistake to not get stronger. So that that's just a little bit of semantics around words, but a reason why you're not getting, not getting stronger can be many, many things. Obviously it can be that you're not trying to get stronger, like you're not, you know, incrementing your weights, not overloading your weights. And we've talked about that in other podcasts where the way that you increase your weights, if you try to go from say 10, you know, say you're doing 10 kilos on something, it might be a, a dumbbell curl. You suddenly try to go 20 kilos. I can guarantee that if if 10 was just okay, 20 is going to be impossible for you. So if you tried 11, not that there's likely to be an 11 kilo dumbbell around, but let's say 12 kilos because most gyms tend to go in those two kilo increments. If you tried 12, then you should be able to get at least some reps on 12. So you would be pushing up to 12 rather than 20. So if someone's not getting stronger, maybe they're – looking to do too much weight, like maybe they're not using the right kind of increments. But if they are doing that and they just cannot, you know, just cannot do one rep on, you know, the next weight up from there, then you would have to look at are they resting enough? Are they eating enough? Are they eating enough protein? So that would that could be some of the key things that you would look at to understand like if, if they are progressing properly in terms of how they're trying to increase their weight, then you would need to look at those other factors to understand if that is why they weren't getting stronger. Okay, so if someone sort of progresses through and then they just hit a plateau somewhere, then you've got to look at are they eating enough? Are they, are they resting enough, enough? Protein, resting, sleeping well, all those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Having said that though too, depending on how long they've been training, sometimes plateaus might hit um, and can hit for like a substantial amount of time. Um, I guess we're t- talking about earlier days when you would expect the, the strength to come up, at some point in time you'll hit a, a point where your strength doesn't really go up much at all after you've been training for a number of years. That doesn't mean to say you can't progress though. So my, my training weight stayed very much the same. Probably for the last 10 years I was competing, but my body changed quite dramatically because there's an intensity with which you can train. Mm-hmm. And even just going in and doing those same weights to your maximum, if they are at your maximum, you still are going to get gains, believe it or not. If you're not getting stronger, but you're training under your maximum for that for that rep range, then that's where the growth doesn't come. Okay. So mistake number two is using weights that you can't manage properly. Okay, so that's, I guess, the flip of, of number one. Um, obviously, that's a mistake where you can end up getting an injury. So your form's going to be compromised. You're likely to not be able to control it if something goes a little bit wrong. So we've talked about how, you know, free weights, for example, you're using a lot of stabilizer muscles because the the weight and, you know, bench press is a good example, can use, can move not only 
in the direction that you want it to, but it can kind of go up towards your head or down towards your stomach, like can move in that plane. And as you push up, it can come up unevenly depending on if the strength on either arm, so either chest side and also because your triceps do come into play if that's even. And if your own coordination is even. Now, if you're using a weight that's far too heavy and something slightly goes out of alignment, you're not able to control that weight. And that's where things will suddenly, like you'll find your um, kind of come, being taken off the line and, and and basically ripping because you're, you know, even if you just bruise the muscle, you don't have control and you're kind of ending up with it sliding to one side or something. Um, it's not on here, but one of the biggest mistakes I see is people not putting collars on weights. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, assuming that they are going to be perfectly balanced and they're never going to accidentally push stronger with one arm and then all of a sudden I see everything topple. Some gyms don't even have collars. Oh, good God. The the gym I currently go to, which I won't name, does not have a collar. Wow. You better go buy some, Ash, Mm. and put them in your bag because... I um I don't like training without collars and I you know that doesn't matter how many years I've trained I just don't trust that something isn't going to slip or yep. go wrong and 100%. then I'm going to be in worse trouble it's like a seatbelt mm-hmm. Okay the next one is adding weights too quickly Yeah so that again that kind of ties into using weights that you can't handle if you add poundage too quickly then you're going to end up in a situation where you're using weight that you can't really handle now Having said that, again, if you have a spotter that you trust and you are you know, very confident in their ability and you are still working within a, a range that you're comfortable with, then sometimes you do need to kind of force up the weight and and go a little bit beyond where you're comfortable in terms of the, the how much you can handle for the normal rep range. Like you might be working in a range where you can barely manage it for six. You're normally supposed to be going eight to ten but your spot is going to get you through to that six to eight. It's a, And, again, it's a great place to grow. Recommend it probably more for younger people because, again, you do recover quicker, but it, sometimes you do need to do that. You do also need time for that to settle in. So once you're hitting a point where you're hitting your top weight comfortably at a certain rep range, I normally give it two or three more workouts to make sure I consistently hit that weight before going up from there. So I don't kind of hit it once and, okay, next week, yep, I'm going up again, I'm going up again. That's where they're adding poundage too quickly because, like, I believe you need to kind of consolidate that strength, make sure you do actually have that strength. It wasn't just a freak day when you kind of had one of those really, really strong days, but you consistently for two or three workouts are doing that new or that that heaviest weight to your maximum reps, then you should be comfortable that that's, that's when you're ready to move up in, in weight. Okay. Now, mistake number four is not taking all measures to avoid injury. It's a very interesting one because, I, like I just said in the last one, there is kind of a degree of risk, I guess, that does come in pushing it to that that nth degree where you're not sure if you can absolutely handle it, but you need to have trust in the person who's spotting you or maybe you're using a Smith machine where you don't need a spotter, but you've got that degree of safety that if something does go wrong, you can get yourself out of it which I guess is, you know, it's not taking, it is in a way taking a measure, I guess, to avoid injury. But it's like anything, like when when you look at a person doing some kind of amazing stunt and you think, how, what, what was it like the first time they tried to do that? Like there was a degree of risk that they could have totally failed on that and, you know, smashed their whole body. Weight training is a lot safer than that, but I think. Motor, motocross comes to mind. You're, you, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking aerial skiing, you're thinking motocross, but yeah. yeah, I think that gives people the picture of what we're talking about where the first time that person rides a bike off a ramp and flips it, 
like they had to have some confidence that they could execute that and they probably did and they didn't necessarily like crash to the ground on their first try. So to some degree you do need to take that little bit of a risk that you can handle it, that your body will push, that you will do it. But, yes, you do need to kind of set it up so that you've got, you know, either safety bars on a Smith machine, a good spotter, things that allow you to not end up in big trouble. But if you took the absolute side of precaution and didn't even try, then you're not going to. You never yeah. advance, yeah. exactly. But then you can also, you know, knee wraps, belts, gloves, straps, wraps, all those kind of things which help you to either grip a bar better, protect your knees, protect your back. You know, that's probably one thing where, you know, having a, a good weights belt when you're doing a squat is, you know, super important because things can, you know, just go a little bit wrong. You slip a disc out, you're not, you know, you again, you just move ever so slightly the wrong way with a lot of weight up on your shoulders and it can tweak your back and those are the kind of things that you want to be making sure that you are using whatever tools are available to you to avoid those kind of things. So that's something, equipment we haven't really talked a lot about probably and maybe something we can talk about on a podcast, but, you know, a, a good weight belt, knee wraps, you know, straps for holding to make sure you don't slip, good the right shoes so that you don't have, you know, uneven foot positioning when you're squatting. A lot of the other things is not so, you know, footwear isn't as important other than to not drop a weight on your toe you know, as, as far as what you're wearing when you're doing a bench press isn't critical when you're squatting. It's a totally different story. And again, if you have existing injuries, then doing what you can to avoid those by strapping or, or wrapping properly. Warming up is another thing where we've talked a little bit about warming up in the motion of what it is that you're about to do, not in an unrelated thing, but making sure that the actual joint and muscle of what's about to get worked has some degree of, of work done through it via lighter, much lighter weights. So the next mistake is focusing on the wrong exercises. What does that mean? Well, obviously if you're doing things which are totally, say, isolatory when you're trying to do some some building and you need to have some type of compound exercise, which, again, you know, we, not in this particular podcast but we have talked about in other podcasts where you need to get some basics <laughs> So if someone's only doing isolatory work, they're potentially missing out on the overall better development of their body. Also with isolatory exercises, it is quite hard to do enough weight to really stress the muscle to the way that you need it to. But when you do it at the back end of a workout after having done compound, you're pre-fatigued. So the amount of weight is obviously less that you can do, but it's less important than if you're just trying to get some really good foundational growth. So again, that could come back to, you know, missing out on compound exercises. Could also be doing the wrong exercises could totally mean. Just on that, should you do your compound exercises before or after? Before. before. I always start start with compound. Okay. Some people like to use certain kind of more isolatory things to warm up on, but I don't count that in the workout. Like it's a warm up. So again, for example, leg extension to warm up the knee to then go and squat but I wouldn't count those leg extensions necessarily. I would then do a, maybe a leg extension later on in the workout. I have always done the, you know, the compound first. I'll do like the bench pressing and the the incline pressing and then move on to flies or other type of more isolatory work with that. For example, having said that though on my biceps, I actually would do it different. So it's again, it's a thing where it can depend on the muscle group, but you want to maybe have your maximum strength at the start when you can go as heavy as possible. Okay. Mistake number six is not squatting, which I guess is that's a compound exercise, right? Yeah, but again, now with legs, I've been many years when I've not squatted and many years when I've squatted. 
a lot of people have back issues, a lot of people have different knee issues and they don't squat. Mm -hmm. So squat is not the be-all and end-all of having a great set of legs. So with legs, they are it's a compound exercise, but fortunately most leg equipment is compound. So 45-degree leg press, hack squat, pendulum squat, like so many, um, you know, vertical leg press, so many pieces of equipment are compound exercise working. You know, they work the legs in that way. It's really the leg extension, which is isolatory. So... I would disagree that it's a mistake. I do like a good squat. I'm back on a squat cycle at the moment, but throughout my time, you know, haven't didn't squat every single workout. You know, we talk about moving the compounds, you know, keeping compounds in, but there's so many compound leg exercises that it's easy to keep them keep something compound in without it having to be a squat. Okay. So mistake number seven is not deadlifting. Goes in the same category as squatting. I do not deadlift Mm -hmm. at the moment. I have deadlifted. Um, It's a powerlifting move. A lot of people now do things like rack deads or half deads, like they don't do a full deadlift because of the the basically the impact of if you're putting that weight down between every set, there's a lot of jarring through the body. There's a lot of inefficient work for a bodybuilding move and when you're what you're trying to develop in bodybuilding. I've used deadlifts for different things like building up an outer quad, not as, as well as back. It I don't think it's essential to a great body in terms of bodybuilding. It has the risk that you actually thicken your waist. A lot of core work in there. So from a from a bodybuilding perspective, I don't think it's a mistake not to deadlift. Okay. And the last mistake is insufficient effort. hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. This is this is one where you can very easily tread water, and a lot of the results that you don't get are because you're going through the motions. You believe that you're training hard. You're probably training to a comfortably limit of your strength, so you feel like you're training hard. You feel like it's an effort to do that weight, but if you really pushed yourself, you actually would find that you could do more weight. And it's, I think that's probably where majority of the mistakes do fall into that, where you kind of just not really going to the nth degree. And I know myself, like, I feel like, oh, I'm training hard, but then when it comes to actually getting ready for a competition, it's a whole other level. And mentally it's a whole other level. And to push up and stay at that point, it is, it is hard. It is taxing. So I think that that would be my number one. And this includes like why you're not burning enough calories for weight loss because weight training is an incredibly powerful calorie burner, uses a lot of calories only if you're training up in that really that extreme level of giving it pretty much everything that you've got where you, you know, your central nervous system feels fatigued as well as your muscle um as you know as well as just the you know the muscle fatiguing as well so that one 100 percent. i think you know if we really really looked into ourselves the majority of the time if we're not getting the gains that we want it's because we're in, we're just sitting under that level of absolute um absolute effort and intensity awesome thank you very much christine thank you ash words of wisdom If you like what you've heard, leave us a review and recognise that these bodybuilding tips from International Protein, they're free. So show your support by becoming a loyal International Protein customer, the best supplements money can buy. So jump online, hunt down our product and hit that buy now button.